This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Hey guys, welcome back to the Art of Craftsmanship podcast. My name is Dustin O'Hara and I'm here with my brother Devin and we are joined by a super special guest, Andy Rawls. Uh, Andy, how's it going today, man? It's going good, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. All right. All right. A wise man once said, when trees mature, it is fair and moral that they are cut for man's use as they would soon decay and return to the earth. Trees have a yearning to live again, perhaps to provide the beauty, strength, and utility to serve man, even to become an object of great artistic worth. What a what a what a perfect quote for our guest today. <laughs> any guesses? Any guesses on who that was? But oh. whenever you read that quote, it made me think of Nakashima, but I don't think he. It's his words. It, it is his words. Oh, it I is. Think. Oh. <laughs> According to the internet's, it is George Nakashima's <laughs> oh, words. Man. Click the clap for Dang, yeah, right on. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I was like, uh, Thoreau? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it makes much more sense that it's... Uh, Gandhi. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, man. And, uh, yeah, Nakashima is yeah, tops. Man. Soul of a Tree, I think, bird. is the title of his book. So. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, Andy, I was actually... Had already picked that quote out, and then I was looking through some more of your videos last night and found that you have like a uh, Nakashima table and other yeah. stuff. I was yeah. like, Oh, that's, that's perfect. Yeah. 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 I, mean, yeah I, I, um, you know, when in college and started doing more woodworking in college and, and learned about Nakashima and learned about just like, just the butterfly, like how beautiful mm -hmm. the butterfly can be. And it's such a simple thing and how, you know, you can take just a slab that it just looks like itself. You know, there's this yeah. big, beautiful slab and it is what it is. And then you put just one butterfly and yeah. you're like, not necessarily breathe life into it, but you've made it into something that now is like has a part of humanity in it. And yeah. it's like you're you're helping it and it's it's stopping it from splitting mm -hmm. and it's doing a job and now it's like a it's function versus form and some of both. I just yeah, love yeah. It. yeah. It is cool. There's something beautiful about that. But uh yeah, what do you think about that when you're uh you ever get like especially on your channel people are like, Why would you cut down so many trees and ruin wood? Um, I do the, the, yeah. the spoon video, which is my most, like my one hit wonder video, I guess you could call it where I carved oh, the, the spoon uh, out of a hundred year old yeah, piece of pine. I guess that's how I titled it. Oh. I get so <laughs> many comments on that. Why would you kill a tree or you know, why would you cut down a tree and turn it into a spoon? And it's like, people obviously don't understand that it was like a small piece of scrap in the corner of my shop. Uh, right. <laughs> so I think, I think most people who comment that don't have a, a clear understanding of how a tree becomes furniture. I mean, I, I right. guess in their mind, they think I'm going out in the woods and cutting down a hundred year old sacred long leaf pine and making a spoon <laughs> and throwing the rest away. I don't know, but <laughs> I always, I always crack up at those comments. Yeah. There's a, I think there's, I think it's like a Looney Tunes video of these two beavers or something and they're they're like taking or they're, they're you know their forest is getting cut down and yeah. then they go to the plant and they're taking logs and they're like shaving them down and they're making one toothpick out of every log <laughs> pretty wasteful <laughs> happening yeah <laughs> you, you know what it is it's the uh, i think it's captain planet has affected everyone oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> because anyone who ever knocked down a tree in that cartoon was a pig <laughs> <laughs> oh right a pig That's man <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I feel that, you know, I get that way sometimes, especially, but I, you know, I think that quote's perfect about it. That mm -hmm. it's just, oh, you know, it, yeah. 
it's, you know, it gives you're breathing life into it and it's giving it a whole, you know, something that could have, especially, you know, big slabs and stuff. A lot of, you know, people are taking slabs yeah, yeah. from trees that are falling down. You know, you're taking something that would have probably just rotted away. Exactly. Yeah. And you, and you're helping clear, clear the forest. Right. I mean, exactly. California, I mean, it's so dry and arid anyway, but some of their issues are they won't let people clear the dead timber. Yeah, they're like, yeah. don't touch anything. Don't, but it's like, well, we need to touch some stuff. Right? Let, let let us take away all yeah. the, we'll, we'll make it into stuff. We'll, we'll <laughs> right. Um, yeah, exactly. Fire hazard. And then also just opening up, you know, area in there so you can have new things growing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 This right. is making me think of a book I read a while ago and I think it was, I don't know who wrote it, but it was titled just wood. And it was basically the history of man's use of wood. And it was oh, really wow. interesting how civilizations were built, you know, like back in the days when they sailed in new ships and how they were all built out of, special timbers and woods and then came railroad and all the railroad ties and just stuff like that. Mm. It was, it was really pretty interesting stuff. Yeah. You see those, those pictures of the, like the guys out West cutting down these giant trees and they're standing inside of the, oh, the yeah, wedge yeah. While, you yeah, know, like these huge saws and stuff. Yeah. And, those yeah, are some just, real men there. Fascinating. Right. Yeah, exactly. And didn't, didn't they, uh, I uh, didn't the British start using American timber for their sides of their ships. I, there's there's that I don't know a lot about shipbuilding and I think you may be right but they're when they've discovered America I think that was one of their like things they're like wow we have unlimited supply of like quality oak for and it's like right. the it's like the rib of the boat or the bottom that curves up the front I have no boat oh, terminology right. so it's probably I'm right, butchering right. that but it's a special piece <laughs> that they they Sounds find right. a tree that grows kind of in that curve I think mm. uh, it was really interesting and utilizes that yeah, yeah. I love that about yeah. you know just you know a lot a lot about you know, Japanese building and stuff, they'll use those curves naturally yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in wood and stuff and, and sort of building it in. But yeah, I can't imagine being somewhere not in this country and then kind of discovering this country and seeing <laughs> oh, man, all well, coming from coming from England as shipbuilders yeah. and like, oh, we just don't have that much wood. If only we had an unlimited resource. It, exactly. Yeah. And now it's all like <laughs> probably 70% of it's gone. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Can't, yeah, especially at East Coast and just, yeah, exactly. just worked our way across. It, you know, well. All right. Well, I'm going to introduce our guest today. So we have Andy Rawls with us. Um, I have, I've known about you for quite a long time, Andy. I've been following you and I've been a subscriber of your YouTube channel. Um, Andy's a, a, a furniture maker. You live in Texas um, and you're a YouTuber and you have a, a great history with Paul Sellers, who I also love. Yeah. Um, but if you can tell us a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself and then uh, tell us a little bit how you got started in YouTube. That's kind of what I'm interested in uh, among many other things. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, started my business in uh, 2011, Andy Rawls Fine Texas Woodcraft. And that uh, before that, I, I mean, I really got into woodworking in my teenage years, like most kids just nailing together two by fours. Yep. Did that through college. Didn't really understand anything about furniture making. You know, I was just kind of cutting up timber and screwing it together and making tables. Then I, mm, that, works. you mentioned, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mentioned Paul Sellers. I took a class yeah. with him and that was really like the catalyst that got me like, oh wow, this is what furniture making is. I mean, you walk into their workshop and it's just a bunch of workbenches, no machines. And you mm. sit there for hours just chopping mortises and stuff by hand. And I loved it. I thought it was so cool. And I loved Paul's philosophy and mentality and that that experience is what just fueled my passion and led me down the road of furniture making and so there were several stops along the way until i started my business i i had the opportunity to work with brian boggs in kentucky uh briefly mm -hmm. which was really awesome um 
And then like 2008, I tried to start a business and it failed pretty miserably. And then I went to work for a door maker, a custom door maker uh, here in my hometown and worked for him for three or four years and then branched off onto my business. And five years, I think, five or six years into having my own custom shop is when I got into the YouTube. And that process mm. was more forced than anything. I have a, a, a good buddy of mine that I've known for a while, Matt Carricker, who's a huge famous YouTuber that lives in my hometown. And he kept bugging me. He's like, you need to do YouTube. You need to show people like your woodworking. I was like, man, I, yeah. I, I don't want to be in front of the camera. I'm not interested in it. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm, un I'm uncomfortable with it uh, as a lot right. of people are. <laughs> and so yep. he was like, you don't have to, he showed me, uh, I'm trying to think of the channel and it's a huge channel. It's, it's the guy who just goes out in primitive technology. He showed me his channel hmm. and, and right. he said, Hey, don't, don't talk. Don't do anything. Just, just film you building it. I was like, well, okay, I can, that sounds fun. So he actually came over and said, I'll, I'll film the first video, edit it, kind of walk you through the process and, you know, shoot, shoot a bunch of videos, like maybe do 10 videos and then maybe I'll plug you in. You know, at this point he has like right. over a million subscribers. So there's some incentive there. I'm like, okay, well that would be helpful. So yeah. I do, I do the video with him and I post it and I had really quick success because of that spoon video. It was the fourth video I ever did. Nice. And, yeah. <laughs> and I, to, like, if you look at my stats on YouTube, the, one of my highest peaks is in the first three months of starting my channel. Um, and, <laughs> nice. I mean, I didn't do anything. It just <laughs> happened, right? Yeah. It was weird. Right, yeah. I remember telling Matt, I saw him, I think we were at church and I ran into him. I was like, hey, man, like, my video overnight just jumped up to 200,000 views. And he's like, what? And he looked at it, I was like, dude, that video's going viral. And then over the course of the next, two or three weeks, it was hitting a million and so, and so on. So oh, yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> Dang, that kind of jumped me into it. Right. I mean, it, it got, it really got my channel going quick. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, you're like, this is really easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, for a long time, I thought that like for the first year and a half, two years, like YouTube's simple. Like I just, like I filmed myself making something and it, it, those videos were so easy to make too. It took like single track, right? There's just video and audio. It's real linear, yeah. so it's just shot. I just move the camera, do my task, move the camera, do my task, get these cool shots, yeah. and then you can edit it together in like four or five hours. And I did nice. that for a while, and I, I started, I started kind of getting tired of it. I don't really know why. I was like, I want to do more. I want to engage the audience, and so I started mm. started slowing down on those. And then I realized, as YouTube evolved, and as you guys know, it it it's hard to figure it out. It started getting yeah. more difficult, and so I. The first year or two was like pretty simple for me and then it, it kind of got a lot more difficult. But yeah, that's kind of my start into YouTube. So do you mean like when you say it got more difficult, it was you know harder to stay consistent with the numbers of views? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, okay. if you look at my growth rate, it is significantly slower than it was you know, a year and a half, two years ago. And I think right. due in part to changing my content style um, a little bit, you know, not, I don't do as many of those right. videos anymore. Uh, right, 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 yeah. And then also maybe I, I'm guessing at this, but possibly just the change in algorithm, how the system works, and and the competitiveness of it. A lot of people are on YouTube, and so there's just a lot of a lot of channels 
that, that right. are in the maker space, if you want to call it that. So yeah, I think well, you you had the uh, the blessing and the curse to have such a huge video starting out. Exactly. So everything yeah. after that seems like ah, well, we're going downhill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this one only has five hundred thousand. Right. Views. Like, oh, I boy. used about I used to, to have that mentality. I was like, man, I only got a you know one hundred fifty thousand views on this, and I, and now when I think about that, I'm like, man, that, I would be really happy with that on a consistent basis. So right, right. We we kind of we did the same. We we would do the same thing. The second you get one that goes above a hundred thousand, you go, okay, well they should. This is what they right should this. do yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Right. and then, and then you get yeah, whatever ten thousand. You're like, oh man, that's a failure. But then yeah. we always we keep reminding each other like, hey, that's ten thousand. Ten thousand. Yeah, like that's I, amazing. Right. I'll always put it in perspective as I'll think about a stadium, and I'll be like, this stadium holds thirty thousand people. Like, like how many people that is? If just a video gets thirty thousand right. views, right? It's a lot of eyes, a lot of people. So, I, right. It's so that's easy great. to be overcritical and, and hard on ourselves because it's you're basically chasing an infinite number right like where does it end mm -hmm. so right right because there's always the guys who get 1.5 yeah, to 3 exactly. millions of video i mean but they're the top right zero zero point one percent but yeah. that we all do constantly have that in our feed reminding us hey yes this is what it could be this is what yes. some people do get <laughs> right well yeah and yeah, so you watch it yeah having <laughs> matt as my buddy is is part yeah. of that like he's had massive amount of success on youtube and I, it's all credited to him. He's really good at it. He's really got a great personality. And right. I always tell my wife, I'll tell my wife, like, hey, well, look what, how good match channels are doing. Like, what's the deal? Mine's like <laughs> kind of plateaued. It's like, why are you comparing yourself to him? He's like top 3% of YouTube. I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. It's not fair yeah, comparison. Yeah. Again, blessing or a curse. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> Your buddy is like the yeah top 3%, right? right? Yeah, I'm looking at his channel now. It's like, you know, two days ago, his video has 634,000. Yeah, yeah. The one he put up three days ago has 1.3 million views. Right. Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Some people get that. Yeah. That's that's a hard, hard, hard uh, thing to compare to. Right, right. But, exactly. but still, obviously, your, your channel's no slouch. You're getting coming up on a half a million subscribers yeah, that's yeah. awesome yeah yeah that's really yeah. awesome yeah we're we're at i think what do you 474 i think that's what i looked at yesterday and we're yeah. at 82 so wow. <laughs> we're, catching you know, up. we're always yeah, yeah. it's funny because i think about that and i was actually listening to uh brian house's podcast yesterday one of those early ones yeah um, and they were talking about um doing uh comparing yourself and to to bigger youtubers and smaller youtubers um and one of his guests was talking about um how she uses her uh, YouTube um, credentials as a way to make people want to be friends with her, yeah, <laughs> but like in a kind of like a joking way, not really. Okay. She's like, okay. well, I've got, you know, I have, I have almost a hundred thousand. You've got like 20,000 and people that she likes, you know, like she'll watch their content and she'll like it. So yeah. she'll go and she'll start conversations with them because she wants to be it. And she's like, Hey, I'm this person. Check out my YouTube channel. Yeah. I have all these, like, you know, all these followers <laughs> yeah, and subscribers. And then, you know, just to be able to get a conversation going. And then she said, she's met a lot of really cool people that That's way. And yeah. Um, yeah, she's like leveraging that, <laughs> that YouTube fame, <laughs> but then she'll also do it for like the big ones you know she tries to reach out to the big ones and like well yeah, we have yeah. you know 90,000 or something <laughs> <laughs> I mean most YouTubers will tell you that your subscribers don't mean a whole lot I mean right it's more of a view yeah. and, and view duration of the main stats you're looking at but Right, exactly. Yeah, because you know we have that that small percentage of the actual subscribers exactly. that watch yeah. every video. It's yeah. like five percent or something. Yeah, right. Just, and yeah. and some some people complain about that. Like, look, I've got this many. Why haven't this many people watched? It's like, look, they have thousands of other channels yep. to watch. Yep. 
Yeah. So a lot of channels. Yeah. And we're all subscribed to channels that we might only watch every couple months. Yep. That's just yep. how it is. Right. We can't watch everyone's every video. It's yeah. impossible right. on YouTube. <laughs> Um, I was, uh, I wanted to, so you, you recently been doing your Airstream trailer, yeah. uh, rest, restoration yeah, and that, yeah. that's been fun. That's actually gotten pretty good views on it. Yes. It's that's done uh, well. Yeah. It's, it's been a fun change. It's a lot of work, yeah. but yeah, it's doing well. Yeah. I think, it, I mean, I was kind of looking at that back through and looking at that and I think maybe, you know, again, it's just that change. Like people are like, Oh, it's something else. And it's yeah. a different topic. So you're getting in people who are just searching exactly. Airstream yeah, yeah, and you get a whole new audience. We actually try to do that. You know, we, we mix up stuff and obviously, like you said, the, the algorithms there. So we know at least for our channel, knife making videos do really well and that's kind of popular on YouTube yeah. right now. And I like making knives, so I'm more than happy to make them, but I also want to mix it up some. So we mix it up and we do different things yeah, to try yeah. to I'm try to keep way. the variety there. And that way our audience stays, you know, stays fresh. So yeah. we know that people want to see an ax video or a knife video or a, a woodworking video or something like that. So yeah, try to mix exactly. it up. Uh, I, th I think like you were saying, you know, you were, you were kind of doing the same thing with your channel um, for a while and then, you decide to change it. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. maybe that's, you think that, I mean, that's, you know, I hear a lot of people talking about getting burnt out and, um, yeah, we, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think so, most viewers on that aren't content creators don't realize obviously the amount that goes in to creating the videos, uh, right. you know, especially if you're a smaller channel, I still operate, I still do everything myself. So you just kind of, right. I got tired for one, the carving videos, like I don't consider myself some amazing, talented carver. Like I can, I can get a piece of wood, and I, I love creating something and making something three dimensional out of it. But <clears throat> technique wise, I don't have any formal training. I just figured out. So there was part of me that was like, "This is fun," but I, I kind of just don't know what I'm doing, and I, I just, I don't know. I got, I got kind of exactly, I got kind of burned out on that style of video. Just everybody was like, "Just carve something, carve something." We want to see you carve, and I was like, "Man, I'm sick of carving." <laughs> And, yeah right exactly so, my forearms hurt <laughs> yeah and so i would i started throwing in um some fur bigger furniture builds which was a real challenge because most of those are paid by their you know their client builds so oh, yeah. i want to be able to focus all my energy into that because someone's paying me to build it so when you bring the camera and production into it it, it it takes away from that a little bit so that was a little tough to navigate um and then this year with the i think the, Throwing in the Airstream, I, I like the idea as I move forward with my channel of having one big project like the Airstream. Yeah. Smaller, still do the smaller ones like I started, the original ones, because I have I think those are my core followers really like those. And then keep doing the real interesting commissions, you know. Try to try to film those the best yeah. I can. So that'd be kind of three components to what I'm trying to do. Right. Yeah, I think obviously with our with us, you know, we just kind of talk about what we're doing in the beginning and if it's something where I'm I'm doing something and there's a caveat to what I'm doing, right? Yeah. Like then I've just finished making a knife and actually the video will come out today. Um it's a prototype for a knife that I want to do that I want to put into like a small production, you exactly. know, a few batches yeah. at a time of six Not or seven. But I started out in the beginning saying this is a prototype, you know, this is what this is, this yeah. is what this build is about. And that way, you know, people understand it. So I think with you saying like this is, you know, I'll be doing this is the Airstream trailer, yeah. you know, like series. And then, you know, this is a project that I'm working on and 
it's going to be in this format. So you might not see every single bit exactly. of it yeah, because yeah. it's, you know, I'm going to film when I can, you know? Yeah. So I think just being honest with the, yeah, with the community, yeah. they always appreciate that. You know, I know that if I don't say something, they're going to comment on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't say this is what I'm doing and, and I'm an amateur or yeah. I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. So let me know, you know, they're yeah. going to be like, Oh, they're going to kill me for it. But if I just say it offhand, then they're like, Oh, that's cool. I'm glad you're trying it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I was just thinking as you were talking about that, the, the one video of yours that I really enjoyed watching was the bow video because I want to make one. All right, that was a cool yeah. uh, little series you did there. Yeah, that that was uh, uh, Devin had been when we first started the channel. Devin, that was one of the things we we're like, we can do bow making, we can do you know, yeah. like what we just kind of think of talking about that. So that was one of our very first ideas, and it took a while for us to do that video just because it takes a long time working osh takes mm -hmm. a long time that's why um, i haven't done that video yet because it's like oh this is a long process it is yeah and that's that's definitely one of the ones you know what we do is you know we'll come up devin will come over to my house and we'll film in in my shop in the basement um and yeah. usually i might do a few processes when he's not there you know like if mm -hmm. i'm hand sanding or something he'll get a little bit of it but I'll, i might continue hand sanding some metal or something or but uh, with the bow video, I did almost as much work off camera as I did on yeah. camera because it's yeah. just it's, it's each process takes a long time. Yeah. Um, speaking of Osage, I really enjoyed your uh, shotgun restoration. Yeah. Was it your grandfather's shotgun? Or you yeah, did the Osage yeah. stock and the and the the hand part. Thank you. That, that was, was awesome. Fun. Yeah. You, the, yeah. You can talk a little bit about that. That's fun. Yeah. So those were just a few shotgun. My I think my dad had three or four of his old shotguns. My papa's shotguns, and so. He brought one to me that was cracked, and he's like, hey, let's try to fix this. Like, can we glue it? And I was like, well, let's, let me just make a whole new one for YouTube. And yeah. I didn't think it would gain a lot of popularity, but it, it did really well. Um, I also got demonetized on one of those because of the, the oh, fact geez. that it was a gun, but which <laughs> yeah. I don't I mean, whatever. Oh. That's just what it is. But uh, right. I thought, I mean, it was, I, I really enjoyed the, the stock making process. Like, I, I I'm kind of really want to do a lot more of them. The problem is you got to find the right. I think you got to find the right guns. You know, I don't. I don't want to just do any right. kind of gun. So, right, right. Yeah, it has to. Yeah, it has, yeah. Has I to think have some that's appeal to it. I guess. Right. You, exactly. There's you, something about wood and metal together. Yeah. It's got to work. You know, that's why most stocks are just made of plastic because yeah. it's a function over, or it's a yeah function over form or form over function. You know, but yeah, that's definitely the the older you know shotguns the, that that mm -hmm. blued steel against mm -hmm. a wooden stock just looks really beautiful yeah which uh which one got demonetized was it that it one was the, the yeah the i think the grandfather one had two it was a two-part yeah. i did the forend and the buttstock and the forend got right. demonetized which was the one that got the least amount of views so that kind of yeah hmm. it's weird too because i mean that one i feel like you focused a lot on the checkering yeah yeah, you yeah. Know, doing like doing those hand lines was just i was just glued to the, to the, the TV dude. when I was watching that. I was like, that's amazing. That's the same. <laughs> like you were talking about how much work you did off camera for the bow. It was the yeah. same thing. I spent so many hours just sitting there just checkering, checkering. And then finally, <laughs> like I was thinking in my lines. head, like, I don't think I can ever do this again. Like it takes so much patience and yeah. focus. Yeah. It, it turned out so beautiful though. <laughs> I was like, Oh man, man. And if you looked at, if you looked at it up yeah. close, there'd be a lot a lot of flaws you could find in that checkering, but overall I think it was pretty cool. All right. never mind. I don't want to see it then. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that's, that's one of those things. I heard a quote one time that, or a, a story from a, 
a furniture maker or a cabinet maker and the cabinet maker's wife was like, you know, all of, all the things you make for us at home, all have all these flaws in it and things that, you know, yeah. he's like, all of my work has flaws yeah. in it. I just, I know how to hide it when yeah, I'm exactly. making it for a client, you know, like, for sure. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think I've ever made a piece where I wasn't like, Oh, mess that up. I got to fix that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with wood, man. It's yeah. like so unforgiving. Sometimes you blow oh, yeah. chip out or something. Yep. You're like, no, Oh, I like, I like the little, um, I think it was just a little Instagram video you did recently about cutting the ends off of your stock and oh, them yeah. drop on the on floor the to see if they yeah. split. I was like, Oh, that's great. Cut it and drop it. If it yeah. splits, you got to cut a little more. That's how I've <laughs> always done. That's how I was taught. So yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, I want to go back talk about the Airstream. I, uh, okay. so, sometimes you do so much work to get a blank canvas, right? Like most of your videos on the Airstream right now or up, up to now, we're just getting it ready. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Tearing it down and then yeah. fixing everything. So you get this perfect blank canvas mm-hmm. that you can really start and really start to get into. Um, I, I guess it's probably frustrating, but it probably is really nice to be at that point now where you go, okay, we can really get, I can get to work now. Yeah. Oh, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I didn't realize how much work it was going to be to get to this point. And I, I think that's mm. the story of my life on anything I do, but, I, uh, I, when I think about like how I planned this series out, I, I totally see like the, the interest was there in the first, because it was like, Oh wow, look at this clear stream. He's taking it apart. He's pulling the shell off. Wow. What's going on. And then you start fixing everything. And I think people are kind of like, well, you know, this is cool, but it, 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 it kind of went, it's kind of slowed down. But I think like you're saying, it's kind of a blank canvas. Now I have it all back together. We're insulating it today. Actually. And then we're going to nice. wire it, and I'm going to start building furniture for it. Hopefully, in the next month or two, and that'll be. I think the the interest will resurge because that's really, obviously, my specialty, and I think a lot of people have expressed their excitement to see that part. So I look forward to. I'm, I'm really excited to get in and do that. Yeah, yeah. Are you um Are you going to be kind of designing it the inside on your own, or using, or I guess, combination of the way they're built, and then I I you- pretty much copied the layout that. The trailer originally was okay um just because honestly i felt like it was the best way to organize everything and a mm-hmm. lot of it was still designed to work that way with holes in the side of it where certain components went like the water heater and, and heater furnace right uh so i kept all that but i mean obviously i'm gonna build the cabinets obviously way nicer than what they were and i had i have an idea <laughs> for there's gonna be a bunk in one section with a pull out uh, board that comes out and then will hang up as a loft above the gaucho seating area. Nice. Um, and then a fold up bed with a hinged mattress. Uh, and, and inside that whole bed is going to be just a battery bank of lithium ion batteries and all this oh, fancy right solar on. charging stuff. So it's, it, there's a lot of cool stuff I think I have planned out for it. Yeah. That's uh, one of the things I've kind of heard about in the last couple of weeks. Cause we, my, my older brother, Derek just, uh, got from my dad uh, an old Hilo trailer that was in yeah like, super, I was just watching that condition. video actually and it was really <laughs> <Yeah>. bad <laughs> and we were like you have to just film just start a YouTube just to film this process you know yeah. and then and then go from there yeah his uh, his version will really be down and dirty yeah he yeah, was taping stuff sure. up I yeah. it's not going to be anything like I yeah. guess like yours are but you know he, I, we're like at least just just shoot it just start doing it yeah 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 just the idea that he um that I was thinking was so many people comment about RVs and things, how they're, they're made so 
so you know, the quality is so inferior. It is. Yeah, yeah. It's like made, you know, just enough to hold together exactly, and things are, yeah. yeah. So I, I can imagine like actually putting, you know, you as a furniture maker and then, you know, go, going into that blank canvas and seeing how well you can build everything. I'm excited yeah. to see that. Yeah. Are, I've been doing, are you, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, are you worried at all about, uh, weight tolerances and stuff? I guess you're picking types of wood to, uh, accommodate because i think some of that stuff some of that old stuff it's cheap material but it's also super light, light. yeah yeah the so, stuff so i they, pulled they out could... was very flimsy uh right mm-hmm. i i am a little worried i actually did the interior on a 53 flying cloud like f- six years ago mm, nice. and i i there was very little like I asked the guy who owned it, uh, hey, man, should we worry about the weight? And he's like, oh, I don't think so. And I th- I really – I think I overloaded that one. And oh, okay. <laughs> um, I don't know if – I don't really know what happened, but it, like, flew off the trailer at some point, like, a couple oh, weeks after – it flew off the truck a couple <sighs> weeks after I gave it to the guy. And he had towed oh. it. He had towed it several times with, with what I had done. Um, I don't know right. if it was too tail heavy. It was – he said it was icy. So it, it was a huge bummer, but – um, mm. I used hickory in that and I used, um, three quarter plywood. So I wasn't, right. I wasn't overly thoughtful. And so, yeah, I'm going to, I've been researching it. I, I'm thinking I'm going to do a lot of veneer work and I was actually looking into doing some su- like substrates that are like honeycomb or, you know, super lightweight plywoods. Right. So I haven't figured right. that out yet, but yeah, I'm definitely going to use uh, lightweight material and try to really be considerate of not put it, making it tail heavy. I think that's one thing that happens if you put all your weight in the back. Obviously, that causes that sway in the trailer. You right. Want, you want to put yeah. your weight over the axles and and some of it over the tongue. Right. Uh, yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, that's one of those things that people you know you don't think about, or as a maker, I guess you think about. It. You try to take into consideration the different aspects of things that you're going to have to encounter along the way. Yeah. And, um, and then I always, we, I run into the problem where I'm thinking about filming and then thinking about making. Yeah. Oh, separately. it's so hard. So yeah. I'm like, all right, the next step, I'm going to film this, but then I'm like, wait, hold on. I have to, I'm about, I'm about to skip a step that's integral yeah. in what I'm actually making yeah. just because yeah. I'm thinking about what I'm filming, you know, what we're filming. So I'm like, oh, wait, got to back up a second and do this other it's thing first. It's difficult. But, yeah. Don't feel bad for Dustin because he never has to touch the camera. So. <laughs> <laughs> he just moves me somewhere. Here, here. Yeah, I, right. I, I feel like maybe I'm getting to the point where I need to find someone who can come and man the camera yeah. and do some editing because it's just, it's hard. To, it's just exactly what you're saying is so true. Like, yeah, things like as you're building and figuring it out, things change and then your video is affected by that. And it's just a lot of times I'll just film it and then come back and try to voice it over. Right. Yeah, it's and the I think that's way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because we do, you know, that slows the process down a little bit is talking and yep. filming and talking at the yep. same time. I mean, you know, we do it and when we have to, but you know, if I'm doing a process that I've done in several other videos, then usually I'll, I'll kind of shorten it a little bit or I'll say, you know, if you guys are interested in seeing this process more thoroughly, you know, check out this other video. Yeah, we, yeah we've, we've also gotten used to, I'll just say, okay, after we're done, just describe what you just did. And we'll yeah. just do it right then real yeah, quick yeah. on camera. I'll just have a close-up of Dustin. Probably not use it, but I'll, I'll use the audio, audio track over right. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so where's your, what's your dream destination for the Air, Airstream? What's, what do you think? Actually, where, <sighs> where will be the question. first one you'll take it? And then where's the dream place you want to take it? <laughs> so I, as far as the first place, we'll probably go somewhere close, somewhere close, local around here. I don't, 
really have that picked out, but we have already planned for, I turned 40 next September and I worked in Yellowstone in my twenties mm, in like summertime nice. between college. And yeah. I've never, I've been back once since then. So I was like, I want to take the family there and show them the, that park and that area of the, the country. Cause I love it up there. It's so pretty. Yeah. That sounds so awesome. We, um, we were talking to, uh, a buddy of mine has a YouTube channel, a small YouTube channel, uh, Sean Porter last week on the podcast. And, uh, he has a tiny house and brought it across the country oh, from cool. Seattle back over to Maryland where we are. And, um, and went through Yellowstone spent, I think they, oh, said yeah. they spent like 15 days there or whatever. And it's like so beautiful. Yeah. I'm really jealous. Yeah, it's an awesome, awesome spot. Yeah. Where, where did you, what did you do working uh, for worked, or with Yellowstone? I worked in Canyon. Uh, and basically I was a maid. I cleaned rooms. Hey, I, I would you're there though. Yeah, I would uh <laughs> I would get a list in the morning of like 10 rooms and man I would just knock them out and then I would take off and go fly fishing and check the oh, place nice. out. Nice. So, yeah. yeah. And I'm I our whole we grew up um my I have so we have there are four of us in total, four brothers. Oh nice. Uh and every yeah, every summer we would go camping, so my dad would stay home and work, which was like his <laughs> vacation. <laughs> Not having the four boys running yeah. around us. And we're all pretty close in age. My myself and my two older brothers are all about a year apart. And then oh, Devin man. is about four and a half years younger than I am. But um he would so we would go camping with my mom and so we just grew up loving you know, nature and I always I mean I I'm oh, yeah. Went to school for fine art and um, did mostly painting landscape and just that's mm-hmm. that's yeah. what I love. I always said if it's I wasn't going to be an artist, that I would be like a park ranger. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, I love being out in the woods. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, that's like one of the. I was thinking earlier when we were talking about numbers on videos. One of the channels I watch is uh, Joe Robinette. He just does all bushcrafting, um, and he was talking about one point, you know saying something about his uh, videos He's like, well, you know, I'm so used to having this many numbers and now it's down to like 30,000 views mm-hmm. overnight. You know, it's all yeah. about perspective. Like yeah. he's, he wants more than 30,000 views overnight on a video. And I'm like, Oh man, yeah, that really, would, that would make me happy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. There's all, always someone past you and there's always someone jealous yeah. who wants to be you. Exactly. And we're all, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we're all thinking about the same things. So we're all like, we want, you know, hopefully we get these many numbers compared to what we've had in the past. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you always want to be growing. So, right. but that, like I yep. mentioned earlier, like, where does it end? Like you just kind of keep wanting more. It's kind of, you kind of just have to be content with where it's yeah. at. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Once you hit a hundred thousand, then you go, okay, it's time for, we'll do a million or 500,000. Yeah. And I'm yeah. sure once you get to a million, you'll be like, well, there's other people We're, at 10 million. Maybe I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have, we, uh, I don't, I don't know if it's a blessing or a curse, but we have, uh, um, a chart from what's it social blue book or something like that. It kind of tells us, tells where we should be at certain times, you know, if, oh, if our yeah, child right. goes, don't look know. at that stuff. So man. it's like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, we did. We we I printed it out and we put it on the shop wall. Yeah. So we can see where it was. And actually, when I printed it out, we were having like a really good three months. Uh-huh. Right. So every, everything was going way fast, way up. And right. then yeah, it started going down right after I printed that out. So it expects <laughs> yeah. us to be. <laughs> but I figure it's better to have something, you know, yeah, to reach no. for than go, yeah. hey, we're, we're a thousand subs past. We're fine. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just have a goal, and we kind of will mark off where we were at our, where we are at certain points, just to kind of keep. So you know, in five fun. years, baby, we'll have a million subs. It'll be great. Right. <laughs> That's what it says. Definitely happened for sure. 
Um, one of the, one of the things I wanted you to talk a little bit more about, um, was your experience with Paul Sellers again. Cause like, I, I love Paul. Um, my buddy was actually making a bench recently and he was trying to figure out where to put the, um, the woodworker's vice on the front of it. And he was using Paul's woodworking bench um, oh, yeah. plans and that's, videos. That's what I and on. yeah. And I was like, I was, I was looking through, um, pictures, just Google images trying to find something to send to him so I could send him what I was thinking about. And, um, I found a picture that was like perfect and I sent it to him and I just pulled it off of Google images. But when I sent it, it sent the whole like article Oh yeah, and it was Paul Sellers yeah. you know, like clamp. And he was like, yeah, that's the one I've been looking at. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. That's exactly how I think it should be. Imagine that. Yeah. 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 I mean, so Paul Sellers was teaching at Homestead Heritage in Waco. It's where I went to school. And also Frank Strazza was there. I don't know if y'all are familiar with Frank Strazza, but he's yeah, he's yeah, amazingly yeah. talented as well. And so uh, I think I started, I took a little pine, you t- it's a little pine box class and a shelf. So you basically build a little wall hanging shelf and a dovetail box. And the, the gist of the class is um, he would sit down and talk to us uh, for 15, 20 minutes about the task. So, the, the parts are already milled. You, he, if we were, were cutting dovetails, he would go through the process and then you'd go back to your workbench and you would do it. Like as green as I was, I'd never done it. Like you just go and do it. And it wasn't pretty. I didn't do a very good job, but it was just when he would te- spend that 15, 20 minutes talking, like his perspective and, and, and how he approached woodworking, you know, he, he was always, I don't know if you're fam- familiar with Morrison Tenon magazine, but they, uh, uh no. Okay. Well, Paul has the same alignment as them. Is I think we tend to kind of obsess about getting things crazy perfect. And I see that mm-hmm. a lot in today's studio furniture makers. Um, and Paul would always make jokes about when he would have engineers in his class and they'd be like, oh, we need dial calipers to dial in this tenon. And <laughs> Paul could literally <laughs> cut dovetails without layout lines and they would fit together. I mean, there, there's just – you look at old furniture, which is basically – made the way Paul was teaching right by hand and mm-hmm. uh it, it's somewhat crude and it's the joinery is not super precise but it's still here you know 150 years later right. um, so I, I really mm. I, I thought that was intriguing to me because it, it was a, it was and what was funny about that is because that's kind of how I learned and I practiced and practiced did a lot of dovetails did a lot of mortises and I made a rocking chair in their class and I remember like some of the mortises like you could just drop them, the mortise and tenons, you could just drop the tenons in. Like there was no glue surface. Right. <laughs> uh, that rocking chair still t- today sits in my bedroom and nothing's wrong with it. Nice. And then I went and worked for, and I'm not saying like as a craftsman, you should, you should, you should obviously strive for better. I mean, there's a better glue joint there, but I think, right. I think the general point is I'm trying to make is it's, it's not, you don't have to obsess over this level of perfection. And it was funny because after I left Paul, Paul's teachings and I did like three or four classes and I would keep in touch with him and Frank and I would keep up with his online content. I went to Brian's shop and it was polar opposite. You know, Mm. Brian was like down to the thousands of the inch and it's to me, in my opinion, it's somewhat over-engineered, but it's also pretty dang incredible that he's able to achieve that. So there is something to be said for it, but it, it was an interesting background for me because I kind of got a taste of both of those uh, perspectives and I think I think a lot of furniture makers will turn their nose up at, at kind of a crude work or, or more of the hand tool work 
because they right. they want this high level of perf perfection and precision that they seek after. And I, to me, I, Paul really instilled in me that that's that's not exactly necessary for good furniture. Right. Everything we look at from the past, like you said, you know, those great, you know, great pieces of furniture from the past that are still here hundreds of years. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. You always, yeah, you do look at them and flip them over or whatever. You see that there are gaps or little chips out and yeah, stuff. Or, or, or a hand yeah. plane panel in the back. That's rough. Right. You know? yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I feel like a part of it is just getting it done. Right. Mm -hmm. um, he could do it so well. Maybe because he's done a thousand of them, right? Just quick yeah. and and maybe not quick and rough, but you know, quicker. Yeah. When someone else maybe in the same lifetime has done a hundred because yeah. they're they're obsessing, so he exactly. gets to a point where he can do it as well, just because he's done it over yeah. and over, and his yeah. hands just know what to do. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of a I think it's a Jimmy Duresta sign that he says if it if it looks straight, it is straight. Yeah. That's <laughs> like if it's you know if it looks right. That's fine. You know, yeah, that's what yeah. people are looking at. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't high, high little mistakes here. I don't ever want to yeah. discredit as a craftsman wanting to do the best work that you can do. Right. Um, but I think we have to, as like in the arena of furniture making. Yeah. I always look to the past um, because those pieces still exist today. So obviously that formula worked. Um, right. So that's kind of how my mentality. You know, when I was in Brian's shop. All the joinery was precision fitted, and it—I mean, those those chairs are literally probably going to be around forever. And I, I guess there's some value right. in that, um, but sometimes it gets a little bit obsessive. I guess is where I'm going with it. Yeah, right. It maybe that'll be around 200 years instead of yeah. the other one. That's Which, that's 150 years. I guess that's a good thing for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's one of the reasons. Either why. either way, you'll be dead when it gets broken. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, so you know, I'll, I'll take the 150 year one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. We um when we kind of were thinking about the name for our channel, the Art of Craftsmanship, it was the, kind of that both things because my background is in fine art. Yeah, and I also love making things, and so I've. You know, I started in college really building, and I've always built the same thing as you. Like growing up, my dad was always a, a maker and he always did all this stuff, you know, did stuff on his own a lot more crude than I do. But he's, right. you know, it's like, get it done. Let's build a deck. Let's put up a, you yeah. know, a roof. Let's, let's tear down a shed. Let's build a new shed, you know. So we were always doing stuff. But um, I really started making things and, and specifically with woodworking, trying to get that level of accuracy and craftsmanship yeah. to look really good. And so that's, it was kind of like, there's art in how 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 much persistence you have in making something to look really well, even mm -hmm. if it's just a hand carved bowl. It's like one piece of wood. You know, you take your time and it's smooth and it looks yeah. nice and it's shaped nice or it fits your hand well. You know, that's all what you know. I think what we strive for is to have that a certain level of craftsmanship, and then, yes. but then yeah, taking into consideration sometimes you have to be able to just step back a little bit and be like, all right, that's it's done now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a fine balance there, and I think. I think t it, when you, you obsess over time, sometimes that can really affect your work, especially if you're doing a high level of work. Uh, yeah. I mean, I always I always say to people, okay, it's going to take – because people will say, man, you spend that many hours building a piece of furniture. And I'm like, if I did it shorter and quicker, I would cut corners and not do it as well. Right. Why, why if I'm building a piece that's going to last a lifetime, I'm hanging it to a client and say, this is guaranteed for your life and you're going to give it to your kids. Why does mm. the extra two or three days that I put in to make it that way, why does that matter in the grand scheme of things, right? I mean, it's, it's right. you have to be willing and yeah, to do that. Right. And you could also say, well, really, if I wanted to do it 
really well, it would take me twice as long. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. How how long do you want it? You know, yeah. do you want it to last forever? Is, <laughs> yeah. is it worth yeah. a couple extra days? <laughs> yeah, that's. I'll, always I'll a give hard. you my. Yeah. yeah, I'll give you the speedy. Uh, it'll only take ten weeks. All yeah. right, that's, that's, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna fly by. That's yeah, about yeah, as yeah. fast as you're gonna get it. Yeah, I have that. Uh, I think it's as a, as a painter, I have that perspective as well on a painting because I think it was Van Gogh or somebody that said uh, a painting is never really done. It's just yeah. when you decide to stop working. Exactly. On it. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah, there's more stuff I could do for it, yeah. but eventually, it's just it, you just got to stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Andy, I heard you talking about um, trying to make furniture that's not trendy mm-hmm. necessarily but more timeless pieces and uh yeah i was looking through your site and watch your video gorgeous stuff yeah and it looks thank you very it's simple and clean but you know very well done and kind of mm-hmm. just a classic style that you're right you could have that that uh texas day bed thing in yeah. a in any hallway for the next 300 years and it, it will look right right yeah so i mean I guess the mentality there is if you're going to build furniture with that lifetime, with the idea that it's going to last that long, why, why you have to design it so that in 50 years it doesn't look like something that was just caught in the five window trend, trend like something that just right. is classic, right? And I, yeah. I'm guilty of doing it because I have clients come to me and say, hey, I want this reclaimed table and I want it all rough. I want it to look like a barn. And I'm just kind of, I don't really want to build this because it's, I don't, I'm not that into it, but it's also paying my bills. So (laughs) a lot of times, you know, the stuff you see on my website is my, a lot of my design. So that's why you're seeing that. And and that's what I strive and want to build. But um, a lot of times you don't get to do that. But yeah, I mean, I, I look at a lot of things that are being done. Now, even with the, you know, I'm probably going to get myself in trouble with the epoxy pours. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, it's, I mean. Yeah. it's cool, but it, I, there's two things. One, I think it is a trend. So I think in 20, 30 years, people are going to be like, oh, why did we put resin in here? And in 20, right, 30 yeah. years, it's gonna, stones. it's not going to look yeah. bad because you've got a natural organic piece of wood tied right. to a plastic resin. Like they're, they're fighting each other. Eventually yep. things are going to go wrong. Those tables are not and you, especially with the big slabs. There's a lot going on, a lot of movement in those, um, so yeah 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 put something like that in your in your uh in your tech company's boardroom that you know you only yeah. last for five years yeah so it'll, right. it'll be it'll be hip for the, the time that the you co- have it right. the good thing is is you can always cut cut the piece apart and make something out of it right so, <laughs> yeah right not, the wood will last the wood, yeah the wood is good <laughs> your, your river is going to turn into a, a yellow river of yeah plastic. exactly yeah <laughs> well yeah, not have, if you cut, the, not if you put like pink it. or purple in it so Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. The blue, the blue river stones. Yeah. yeah I, I agree. My wife has suggested a couple of times. She's like, maybe you guys should do like one of the river tables. They're like super popular right now. Yeah, it's like, yeah, Oh yeah. yeah. As, as a, you know, and you got to take that in consideration as content creator, yeah, like what's exactly. going to, you know, what's going to work now. Yeah. But it's like, well, I mean, I'm not building it for somebody. And if I build it for us, I'm just not a huge fan. Like yeah, sometimes, yeah. you know, obviously when it's filling a crack or something, I, exactly. if you have a natural that, void yeah. you're trying to fill, then, then it could be cool. You yeah. know, you could, you know, just fill that with some clear resin so you can see it or maybe put, you know, something minimal mm-hmm. in it that, that'll kind of stand out. But really like, yeah, doing like book match with rivers and stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm like, yeah. well, well, and with, yeah, with Andy's business. So that's the issue. He does one and let's say it's, it blows up. Then he's yeah. got 10 million people 
And then he's got a thousand people the next day going, hey, I want you to make a river table. And then now he's stuck making, uh, he's backlogged for uh, yeah. two years making river tables that he hates. I, I would probably say no, to be honest with you, but yeah, I might do a few. I, I've never done one. Uh, and I, I, like, I don't ever point, I don't, I'm not the kind of guy who's going to be like, you know, shouldn't be doing that kind of thing. Like, I think it's cool. Right. And I understand why channels do it because it does get a lot of views. Makes sense. But um, that's always, it's always a challenge for me is like, I try to remember back to my mentality right when I went to that class with Paul, like I was fired up, young kid, and I took that yeah. class and it just fueled my passion and what my dream was and what I wanted to do. And I, I try to tap into that and think, okay, how, like, do you, I'm not going to say sell out, but do you want to create content that is in line with that passion or do you want to create content to get views? It's it's a hard line right. to, to stay on because it's it very is. tempting and, I, and I've done it and, and there's... Sell out's the wrong word because I don't think anybody's selling out. It's just not in right. line with what I want to do, I guess. Right, hey, yeah. You don't yeah. want to... That makes sense. And it, no, for sure. And it's kind of silly to chase around the algorithm and yeah. chase around YouTube fads because you're, you're constantly behind. Yeah. You'll never be on it. The things that blow up, they've kind of already blown up. Yeah. And now they're onto something else. Yeah. So if you see something and go, oh, I should make something like that, you're probably already too late. Yeah. So just make make what you think's great. Yeah. Exactly. And then maybe that will be the. That's yeah, the best formula, be the I think. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, all the videos, I think, or I think all the videos that we've made that have done the best have been ones where we weren't really expecting them it's to do so well, true. like the yeah. bow making video and the fire pit video. You yeah. Know? Like, like, it was just something where like, Hey, let's do this. Cause it's, you know, I, I want to make it. <laughs> like, yeah. And then the ones you think are going to do amazing are like, Oh, yep. I didn't get any views on that. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, release this piece of art on the world. They're yeah. going to love it. Oh, no one no, likes it. Care. <laughs> Two comments. Okay. Well, thanks guys. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> Next time. Well, yeah. And then, you know, do like a, spend one day making something and, and put it out there like, yeah, it's just, just some more comment content. Yeah. And then <laughs> there it goes. There I'm it actually, goes. I just, I'm happy when a video is just done. <laughs> it feels yeah. like this weight. And like Dustin yeah. said earlier, we, we, I just last night finished editing the, this monster 40 minute long knife video where uh, I guess it'll be out by now. We're halfway through Dustin decides to start over. Oh man. And it was just, I think we shot for, eight days, nine days of me driving over, shooting oh. all, you know, for a while and editing it was such a beast. Cause I had to keep jumping forward to make sure Dustin wasn't explaining the same thing twice. Yeah. On, on the, so I, oh, man took forever. So that's, <laughs> I'm, I'm just happy to be done with it. <laughs> yeah. You know, once it's out, I'm like here, I feel like, the same it's, way it, <laughs> it's off my plate now yeah. it's out. So, right. I mean, I'm happy when it does great, but I'm just, yeah, happy to be done on. and move yeah. on because by now i've watched it 10 times and that's the thing about I'm, editing man like you you, it, you spend so many hours and you've watched it so many times by the time you're done editing you're like is this any good right, right? <laughs> yeah. and so i have a kid who's yeah. been helping me do some editing on a few of the airstream videos and i nice. like it so much better because he'll edit a rough cut and send it to me and i'm like okay so i haven't i haven't seen it i don't know what it's going to look like and so i'm kind of coming from a fresh perspective instead of sitting yeah. there for like the last hours putting it together and so it's like oh this is actually really good so yeah when we uh when we first started Devin would send me videos and i'd kind of go through and i'd make some notes and then send them back to him 
you know, be yeah. like, all right, how about, you know, how about change these things? But now I know more. It's like, once he's like edit everything and put it all together and spend all the time, I just, I just leave it up to him. I'm like, I don't, I, I don't, sometimes I'll watch them before they go out, but usually I'll just, I write the descriptions and I put in the tags and then I just push it. Cause I know yeah. that's, that's Devin's art. You know, as I know <laughs> however long he spent, he's been like toiling on it. In and right. Sure yeah, yeah, there's really a part of it. I'm good. like, here, dust, check it out, watch it, make sure you like it. But <sighs> if he were to say he hated it, I get, well, that's, that's it though too bad yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that is weird but this is what it is now right, if right. there's something but it's more i'm if if dustin says something that he doesn't think is right or it makes himself look silly and usually i can but but i'm not necessarily the guy making these things so i don't know if he says something wrong i mean i i know the yeah. basics obviously because yeah, yeah. we're always working and i do some stuff too but he might say a wrong tool and i just might not you catch it so that's right. what i'm like looking yeah. for do you yeah, see anything yeah. in here that's obviously the wrong technical with stuff. Gonna... right right yeah <laughs> uh i was watching i guess like a month ago i was watching your your golf club video that oh, was, yeah. was 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 that it was a wooden golf ball yeah and and the club oh yeah. yeah yeah and that was kind of a was i think that was a more that was one of your silent kind of style yeah. videos right yeah yep yeah <laughs> i just kind of had it on the background and I was doing something on my phone, checking emails or something. And then at the end, when you hit, I, I think I just looked up to watch it, <laughs> and you you hit it, and the ball goes Ricochet. right to the tree next to you, and you're flying back at <laughs> oh, it. And I laughed. So, yeah. I laughed so loud. La- I was sitting in silence for whatever thirty minutes watching it, and I <laughs> died laughing because uh, we've that's all been funny. there. And that's yeah. the perfect thing. Right away, you're like, oh no, and then you're like, oh yeah, that's hilarious. I got to put that in the video. <laughs> yeah, I did the same thing. I made a baseball bat, and like I. It took me like five tries to even connect with the ball. <laughs> Here it is. Yeah. Oh wait, no. I don't, I can't was that it. was was that one off the tree? Was that your first shot, or did you had you done a few? I think that was my first shot. I can't remember. <laughs> and the the beautiful thing is, it's right. It it's the payoff at the end of the video. Yeah. So everyone is watching. Like I put my head up. Like oh cool, he he finished it. He's gonna. I'm hit gonna it. watch a couple yeah. hits, and then it bang right by your head. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Yeah, that reminds me of like at the end of the bow video where Devin's like, "All right, I want I don't want you to shoot the bow at all until I can film the very first shot," which is what we did, just in case it explodes. Yeah, you know? we definitely want to catch that. that. Yeah, <laughs> so like shot it and like, whew, okay, it worked. We got right. one shot in. The if rest it, if it's ruined, one. we have to see it get ruined. Yeah, or it's Dude, no use to to anybody. <laughs> that makes me think of a video that I it was a bottle opener I made, and I went through the whole video, and at the end I was opening a bottle, and the thing just broke in half. I was, like, I was like, man, I'm stupid. Like, I can't believe I just did this. Did and I play? showed it in the video. And yeah, right. Uh, there were several people who were like, yeah, I saw that coming. I was like, yeah, I didn't really think that. <laughs> yeah, I bet you did. Is that a, a wooden bottle opener? It was a wooden one. And I nice. I forget. I changed the design and I redid it in the video to, to where it doesn't break. But uh, right. it was a very flawed design for sure. <laughs> So, you know, if your Airstream does fly off the <laughs> axle, make sure you have a GoPro on it. Oh, a couple man, GoPros, was, a couple different angles. That would be embarrassing. Uh, it would be, oh, good, it'd be good. It'd be great content. It would. Uh, <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask about, because you're talking about how you started where you didn't want to, yeah, editing and, and, and making videos, it's, it's tricky. Yeah. But now you have, you started the video, the um, channel, have it made, and now you've kind of moved them over to your channel mm-hmm. just to get more eyes on them. And uh, they're, they're great. I love thank them. Thank you. It, thank you. Do you, uh, you're working with someone else or is that all you? Yeah. So my brother-in-law 
uh, Wes Vita is a photographer, and he has mm. two really nice Canon cameras. Mm. So he, we were doing those together, and yeah, that you know that was something that I was so excited to do, and really just was thinking like, there's the spotlight's on me, but there's so many more talented craftsmen just in my area that you know I can go show to to the viewers I have. So right. mm-hmm. I completely underestimated the amount of effort and time that was going to go into making those style of videos. You, you have multiple cameras, you know, audio recordings and right. West was, he's an amazing photographer and he was really good at getting footage and kind of directing the, the work, the make the craftsman um, right. and coming up with these great ideas for how we can shoot it. And then once we were done, he was like, here's the footage. Like he doesn't know how uh. to edit or anything. So <laughs> <laughs> I I was used to like I mentioned earlier just a single camera with a mic on it one track really easy just linear editing and here I am yeah. like having to organize hundreds of footage from different cameras and all getting mm. the interviews all together and after the first two I realized like I'm in over my head like I'm I've spent 15 20 hours editing on this thing and, and there's no there's no money being made on the channel yet obviously because it's just a brand right. new channel so yeah, we we kind of had the same idea. We did a video, and it it turned out pretty good. But there was a lot more I wanted to do. A yeah. friend, um, Kevin Brubaker, he makes bass guitars. Oh, cool! And uh, here in here in Baltimore, and it's I mean his stuff is gorgeous. So I we we kind of did a video where we were thinking the same thing. Like, look, there's all these people who are amazing. Let's just go down, hang out with them, shoot these things. But it becomes right. We go from a linear format where we're making a knife. I know it comes next, blah, 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 to where do we put this conversation? Where, do, what yeah. footage do we lay yeah. under this? How it's, it's, they're just mini documentaries it's, and that's a whole nother art form that is, is oh, yeah. to make a good flowing kind of doc style thing is, is a whole, a whole different beast. Right. Yeah. yeah. Unless, unless we're doing something where we're going to a shop and like, we have a few, like I said, a few friends and you know, around here that we'd like to visit. It's like, all right, well, if we go to the shop and we want to build something along with them, then we could do it in a linear format, but mm-hmm. we can't do that in one day normally. Right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I can't come over for two weeks and, and exactly. shoot your process. Yeah. Right. That's, that was the challenge. We, like we yeah, had to yeah. basically say, Hey, we're going to be here for a day. Like, we got to try to get everything about you and what you do captured in that day. And it was, that's tricky. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is really tricky. It makes me appreciate when I see documentaries and things like that that are really well done. And yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why we thought it would be interesting and fun to start the podcast is because we, you know, there are a lot of people that we'd love to talk to and, you know, people that we wouldn't be able to, actually shoot something with or logistically ever, you know, like, like you, like we would have never, never in a world lifetime met and talked to you without, you know, the internet and the podcast, (laughs) which is awesome. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. But yeah, I, I think you should keep making them. I know they're, (laughs) but they're, they're fun to watch. Well, the problem is Wes moved to Oregon like this week. So oh man, I don't have, I don't honestly, for me, like y'all would laugh at my camera setup. Like I have a, old Panasonic that's like half broke. That's what I feel like. Nice. I couldn't do documentaries <laughs> with it. But I thought about switching the format to less of a documentary and me as more of a host and just spending the day like doing the work right. with the guy, with the craftsman, right. whoever it is. So yeah. it's a little easier. Uh, yeah, no, I think I think that'd be cool. Yeah. I think just seeing 
it's it's great to have a fully produced documentary style thing, but it's also just great to see what they do. Yeah, yeah, like what they do, the and then yeah. also people who are already following you, they like you already, so they want to see you with someone else. Yeah, and, you know, it's, yeah. I think I think it would just that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, that's that's one of those things that I would like to do more often. Um, you know, people around here, we have uh, my my buddy Sean. You know, I was just thinking it'd be fun to do just a live stream and just go visit his shop. Yeah, and that's that, a good that way. Idea. That way, you don't have to worry about editing it, and and you know, I can shoot it and do a live stream, and either either even like do a live stream or just like record the live stream and put it out, and just like kind of have him walk around a shop and tell me about stuff yeah. and what he's yeah. working on and. And, um, our, uh, we have, uh, also right up in Pennsylvania is, um, Alex Garland from outdoors 55. Um, and he's another knife maker and we've, he, he and I have been kind of friends. We built a relationship, you know, through our channel and his channel over the last year and a half or so. And just even someone that close trying to do collaborations with, it's always, everyone's got a life to live and it's hard yeah. to schedule things. So, you know, we, it's hard enough just to schedule Devin and I like time every week yeah, to come yeah, over and sure, film. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, one of the, uh, one of the things I wanted you to talk about a little bit, which I, I love is, uh, your quarantine dance video on Instagram. <laughs> I just, I just watched it again the other day and showed my That's wife. Hilarious. I was like, look at this. So funny. That's funny. I can't believe you saw that. Yeah. I, the, you know how it was funny when the quarantine first started, like there was almost this level of like, okay, this is new and different. Like we're stuck at home. Like let's find ways to, yeah. to like, to, to just handle this. Right. And now it's just like, oh, I'm so over all this. But at that time, we were like, hey, let's like, let's just do it. Let's send out a family text of us dancing and like just have our family send another text. Their family, because we always, you know, my wife has a pretty big family. There's a lot of cousins and stuff. So nice. We sent the video <laughs> and got nothing back from anyone. Actually, my oh, one family member sent something back. I was like, yeah, it didn't work. But <laughs> we were just trying to pass time. That was awesome. Yeah, I love the part where you where you jump up on the table <laughs> yeah. and you're like this. My kids <laughs> were freaked like, out. They're like, ah, we don't want to do this. So. I know. I guess they're all like standing looking at you yeah. in your life like, um. <laughs> Dustin was trying to show me the video. I was setting the camera gear up to shoot. I'm like, all right, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Fine. I'm like, look at this. Look at this. What's I'm this like, okay. My wife was like, I, I wonder if he built that table that he jumped I on. I did, actually. Was, yeah. yeah, there we go. I, <laughs> so you knew, <laughs> you knew it would hold you. Hopefully. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, um, is, uh, I was thinking last night, I'm watching videos. It is really hard to get, give a thumbs up through a YouTube app on, on TV. Huh. Uh, I never thought about like, that. Like, you know, yeah. you watch it on your phone. It's just right there, a button you touch. But yeah. it's, I think it's eight between six and eight button presses to go through and find the thumbs up for what, when you're watching through TV. Interesting. And I find, I find I give a lot less thumbs up on the, when huh. I, I, the majority I watch are on the TV. Are they it's really? Just, yeah. It, yeah, it, oh, yeah. It's my replacement for yeah. regular television. Yeah, exactly. really. I don't know. They have to fix that. Yeah. That is. <laughs> yeah. Cause you, you, I mean, you stop the video and then there's a menu play, pause, fast forward. Yeah, and there's still not the thumbs up button there. You have to go oh, into right. the setting thing and then, Huh. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's why I do. Like, I I started the Art of Craftsmanship uh, Instagram page maybe even a year or so after we started the channel, um, and it was for that reason that the, like the instant um, just conversation with the community. 
was easy to mm. kind of, you know, to build that and be like, Hey, just, you know, here's something that's happening right now. Yeah. Or this is like a few pictures of what's happened in the shop and it helped to help to like bring people along in some of those, you know, day to day things where we might have a week or two or whatever before between a video, I can just put out little like pictures and, yeah, yeah. and then just life stuff too, which I think yeah. people love that. I think that's one of the things that, um, is great about YouTube. And one of the things that I like about watching different channels is that you become invested in that person. Yeah. You, know, you yeah. realize they're a real person and, and yeah. they have, they have a family and they have children and they do funny stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's why I love following along that's that cool. way. <laughs> um, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, and you were talking a little bit of, earlier about, obviously about, um, hand tools and woodworking is what is one of your favorite, uh, hand tools, one that you don't, or just a tool that you think you couldn't live without in the shop. I think it doesn't have to be a hand tool. The one that I use the most is the Stanley four and a half. And that was, yeah. that Paul Sellers got me on that one. I had two of them. So I have one set for uh, a really fine cut, you know, a tight throat. And then one yeah. that's wide open so I can take heavy cuts. And I, I mean, nice. if I'm building a piece of furniture and I'm on the bench, I am reaching for those planes a lot. Either that or a block plane. Those are the most commonly used ones that I, that I reach for. Yeah. What's, um, uh, what's the difference between a four and a four and a half? I don't, I don't have a four and a half. A four and a half a is, is a little heavier and it's wider. Oh, I think, okay. I think lengthwise they may, four and a half may be a little longer, uh, but it's, it's got the, I think it's got a two inch wide blade. So it's, it's actually oh, got a wider okay. blade than like a five. Uh, gotcha. So it's, it's a, it's basically a smoothing plane. So it's for finish work. Right. Right. Um, right. But you can use it for so much more. Yeah, there's ah oh man, there's something so nice about using a sharp plane. Yeah, yeah, it's just like yeah, it's just, fun, whew, man. just yeah. What's yeah. A, what's the? Uh, I guess it's a linking quote. Maybe it could not be, but he says, "If you give me eight hours to chop down a tree, I'll, I'll spend the first four sharpening the axe." Yeah, yeah, I think that's with most most tools. You might as well get them yeah. ready to that's, go. Spend the time, get them ready to go. Yeah, that's yeah. the number one thing I think that. To differentiate someone who likes hand tools and doesn't is the person who who is has the ability to enjoy the process of tuning them and keeping them sharp, because it's yeah. a, it, it can be an annoyance if you don't want to. It's like oh, I'm sharpening a plane and I'm not working. So yeah, a good buddy of mine, um, Steve Fregali, he's actually a uh, he's an artist in New York, but he was um, he went to school with me and and he and I both got into woodworking together and we started doing some guitar building um, right after go- college. Um, I I remember watching him sharpen uh, plane blades and actually just in the shop of the school I went to, we went to Maryland yeah. Institute College of Art, just, you know, taking out each of the different, you know, like diamond stones and just oh, sharpening, yeah. just how long you're sanding. And just, I'd just mm-hmm. sat, watch him stay on one, you know, on one grit for yeah. five minutes or something. <laughs> you know, it's like, and I, you know, I, I definitely, when I, you know, I, <laughs> Let's see. I don't. I don't know if I enjoy it. I don't think anybody really enjoys it. Enjoys <laughs> yeah. it. I mean, I, I think you do, but <laughs> I think you appreciate it, right? Yes, you yeah. know that outcome, you know, and you can understand. Like, there's there's just something about the smoothness of when you get the right. You know, you get a jig and you're just right. yeah. sharpening. Yeah, yeah. you might not want to sand a piece of furniture for for four hours, but you appreciate that it's getting better and better. And by the end, when you feel it, you know. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. It's, it's definitely worth it. Way to do it. Yeah, yeah, and if you're set up right, if you've got your blades tuned well i mean i can get a sharp i could tune up and get a sharp plane in less than a minute right if it's been chipped or if it's something's really if we just worked it super dull and you got to go to the grinder then it's going to take quite a bit longer but right, it, right if you continually keep sharpening i mean i have it set up i can just 
pop the chip breaker off and run it over the three. I think I use three different stones and strop it and then it's back in and good to go. So, right. Yeah. That's the other thing. Yeah. Taking care of it while it's sharp exactly, and doing yeah. it often. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Anytime you have to go from a chip or, or you just have let it go too far or yeah. whatever, then it's going to take a long time. Yep, yep. Yeah. That's, yeah. I usually set up and, you know, I, I don't have my, because I'm not predominantly woodworking, I don't have it all set up and ready to go. But yeah, I can yeah. imagine if I did, it would be just like a go over, boom, 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 yeah, hit all exactly. three with, you know, a dozen passes or so. And then mm-hmm. yeah. a rock again. It's like cleaning your room. <laughs> if you pick up your boxers the one time and throw them in there, you not wait 10 months. Yeah. To do it. yeah. It's easier. <laughs> 10 months. <laughs> well, unfortunately my personality is the type that waits 10 months. So, <laughs> I, I usually get really messy and then clean and then I'll be clean for two or three days and then I'm like, oh, I got to clean again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's one of the, one of the really nice benefits about filming in my shop is that it's got to stay mostly clean Yeah, <laughs> to be able to, you know, work the projects and look, look yeah. relatively decent. Yeah, you know, look like <laughs> I, have a, just, I have a super small shop. Yeah. <laughs> I think about guy. hand tool rescue. Have you ever watched his channel? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty it's cool. Awesome. But like, I always notice like he crazy. doesn't care about his shop at all. Like, there's just no. stuff everywhere. <laughs> yeah, there are. <laughs> yeah, and you just see it's like piles of you know future yeah. projects. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he shows up like that over there. I was going to work on. He's got a funny personality. He does. That's a, yeah, his like family matters intro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, funny. so awesome. So good. We need to start a, a shop rescue and go in and clean these people's shops. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it would probably stress them out. He likes it that way. I'm sure. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. I know where everything is. <laughs> it's like my dad. He always says, "Well, I know. Like, if you ask me where you know this this one flathead screwdriver is, he's like, oh, it's it's on the ground next to the middle leg of my bench. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, That's I know crazy. exactly where it is." is yeah. <laughs> that's where it dropped and that's where i remember yeah. it was from last time <laughs> yeah i've actually been as as a painter um atypically i've always been a really clean painter and i've always had like a really clean um studio so i like clean everything up everything's really organized um not like my normal day-to-day life in my house is not ness- not at yeah. all organized but but always like my my shop my wife always says it's like my own personal spaces which i can control yeah. i have them like clean my desk at work it has like and even if it's not clean everything is kind of parallel to the sides or yeah, perpendicular yeah. <laughs> i'll like straighten <laughs> everything up and put them in nice piles <laughs> cool. <But> yeah <laughs> can only control so much um <laughs> I think we'll talk about what we, I guess, been up to. But yeah. do you want to do, Andy? Do you have a? Uh, we've been trying to do this with everybody. Uh, a really good disaster story to hmm. to yeah. uh, connect us all yeah. in our in our our misery bond struggles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could think of a lot. Of, I, I I got a couple. Uh, one was a. This is not really a nice piece of furniture, but it was a built-in cabinet, in like this space in a house that was reliefed into the wall like 12 inches and it was like seven feet tall and it had a ar- uh, an arch top and so she wanted a cabinet built into that space uh and i had i'd done a lot of arch top doors so i knew i was really good at making those arches and figuring all that out hmm. but it's somewhere uh, i wrote some numbers down wrong on my measurements and so i took it to install it and i'm, I'm looking down i'm sliding the cabinet in i'm like i remember saying to myself this fits like a glove it's perfect and i look up and it's like <laughs> it's probably like 16 inches too short Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I've, I've oh. I mean, it's like a week long project. I've put more than a week and the client's standing behind me. I think I had my dad helping me install it. So he's standing behind me <laughs> and it was, I mean, I was super embarrassed and I just, I pulled it out. I was like, I'm uh, just going to work all night and fix this. I mean, I, it had glass doors that were yeah. matched the arch, right? The top of the doors. 
So I had to remake all the doors. I had to somehow expand the box and add that 16 inches. I kept the top of the box, so I didn't have to rebuild that arch. Right. But I did have to somehow, I forget how I added on to it and made it work. It was paint grade, so that had me. Jeez. Uh, okay. That was a huge advantage. So. Right, 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 yeah. That's probably the oh. one of the biggest mix-ups I've had. And then mm. one thing I did that was incredibly stupid is I, I built this really nice desk for the CEO in Houston of this oil and gas company. Uh, it's dovetail drawers. It was a really cool piece. Delivered it, and like three months later, he's like, hey, it was a big T, basically. So he sat at the head of the T, and then the, the long part that came out was a spot for his uh, for them to have meetings, someone else to sit. And so the that part the base was positioned in a way that he didn't like how people were having to sit. He was like, I need you to come up here and like move the base a little bit this way. I was like, okay, I can do that. So I drive all the way to Houston. I don't, I just basically take a Sawzall on a toolbox and I get there and it's the weekend. So no one's at the office except this one intern kid who's like 22. He lets me in. He's like, Hey, do your thing. I'm going to be in my office working. I'm like, okay. So I work for like 30 minutes, I'm sawzall and cutting this leg off and moving it over and everything's underneath so it's hidden, but I get done and I stand up and I'm like, all right, that went pretty well, like it's time to head back home and his office is just covered in sawdust, like all the flat surfaces. He had this really nice, I'm sure, very expensive rug that, set, that the desk sat on that was just piled with sawdust. I didn't even consider it, I don't know what I was thinking. Oh, and so man. I'm standing there and I'm like, I don't have a broom. I don't have a dustpan. I don't have a vacuum. I don't have anything to take care of this. And it looks incredibly unprofessional. And this is like a really high level client, right? Like this, this guy's like the kind of guy who's like, of oil. if he was, yeah, oil money. <laughs> if he was there, I would just be freaking out. But he, luckily no right. one was there. So I went, um, first thing I do is I'm like, kind of creeping around this office trying to find a storage closet it's like maybe i can find a vacuum and take care of this real quick <laughs> i can't find anything and finally i like i find the kid i'm like hey man i got it done uh you want to come take a look and he gets in the room and i'm like yeah it's pretty messy like i don't know what to do i don't have anything to clean it with and he's like oh he's like i can tell on his face he's like what in the world and so i'm like man i'll go right now I'll go buy a vacuum i'm gonna take care of this and he's like no it's okay i think i can get the cleaning lady up here to clean it and it made me nervous because i'm like I'm going to leave Yeah, it. what if he doesn't? Yeah, yeah, what if he doesn't, right? Oh. So I uh, I think I got some paper towels and like wiped all the flat surfaces, like cleaning his keyboard <laughs> off and like oh. all this stuff. <laughs> and I, I finally, I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to go and like hope for the best on this. And I never heard from him. So it was, uh, oh. it, it was really, really stupid. It was I, like, Man. I remember from then on, like anytime I go do an install, I need a vacuum and I need a dustpan and a broom. Like you got to get that place clean. So. Oof. Yeah, <laughs> I guess you don't think about it. You're constantly doing this stuff in the shop. I, about I, yeah, it, right? exactly. Like I don't do a lot of stuff like that, like work on yeah. site. And so I just didn't think about it. And I drove all the way to Houston oh, with man. like a single toolbox and no like blankets or anything to put down. And it was, that was you a just while need back. A, a t- you, yeah. you need a toolbox that like a, a, a round thing that that goes inside the shop vac, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So you just you that's pop smart. it out and yeah. you, put, you put your tools that's down right. and then you have the shop vac there yeah. ready to go. That's a great idea. Just, just don't start it up when you have everything in it. Then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah, never that, forget that kid, the look on that kid's face when he walked in that office. Oh. He was just like, what did you do? I was like, well, I fixed it, so I would, it's all good. <laughs> I'm like sitting here sweating just to hear, listening to tell that story. I was like, oh, I wouldn't have been able to sleep for like yeah. nights. Oh, I, was, I kept <laughs> waiting for the email to come because he, he was definitely like, 
working with commercial clients like that is mm-hmm. is very nerve wracking because there's just you're working with like five people. There's an email thread. They're all answering to this big head honcho guy, and they're like mm-hmm. dealing with me, who's like this little one man shop in Bernie, Texas. They're used to dealing with giant companies that have contracts and it's real easy and everything's laid out. And I'm just like, hey guys, like I'm just building a desk and I'll bring it down. Like, let's not worry about all this like fine print contract stuff. And like, no, we need your insurance. We need all this. I'm like, all right. So it's a whole different ball game when you go into that commercial yeah. world. Yeah, yeah, and you know, that's they're so used to that. Yeah, world exactly. That yeah. they're all they're all used to thinking about that, like boop, 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 you know all the you know like check off all the boxes. Yeah, and I can tell they're can, annoyed yeah. by me because I'm I'm not doing that for them, right? Like it's like, dude, I'm just right. a furniture maker. Like just let me build the desk. <laughs> yeah, I love that though. I love that aspect about your you know your your uh, company and then other companies. I recently got a uh, a file guide for um, for grinding knives mm-hmm. from bill Benke and uh and i just like you know i went on his website and it's like if you want to order a file guide send me an email and i'll yeah. send you an invoice i was like uh, man that is old school that's is. awesome <laughs> yeah you know, it's I'm, like he's one of the biggest file guide makers in the states everyone uses file guides and it's like that's what i did i sent him an email and he hilarious. sent me sent me an invoice and i paid it and it showed up i was like weird <laughs> yeah man when i was restoring my bandsaw i had to get this paper pulley for the motor and i found i just googled it and somehow found this like mom and pop shop in tennessee and i called it and the guy had this you know those appalachian accents like he had this heavy accent i could barely understand i was like hey i need a pay i need a pulley this diameter can you do it he's like oh yeah 100 bucks and i was like okay (laughs) um what do you want me to do can i pay online you can send me an invoice He's like give me your credit card and i was like okay and i just give him my credit card he's like I'll ship it out in three or four weeks. And I'm like, okay, like, do I get an invoice or anything? And he was like, no, I promise you I'll send it. And I'm like, okay. Okay. (laughs) I was like, oh, it was like 150 bucks. Like, well, I may have just lost $150. We'll see. And it showed up. (laughs) At least it wasn't like, you know, five grand. Yeah. (laughs) You'd be like, now you guess I mean. I'm going to need an invoice. (laughs) Are you saying I'm a liar, huh? Huh? Uh, All right. (laughs) So really, the moral of the story was all those oils, oil guys needed to ask you was, do you have a shop vac when you come? <laughs> <laughs> that's all they should have said. All the emails, that's all it had to be. <laughs> He's like, you know what? I told you we should have we should have dealt with that one guy. Yeah, no. It's all dust everywhere. He's a cool guy. I actually gotten to know him a little bit. So. Nice. nice. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah, I was just... Uh, I saw your your uh, post on Instagram recently, a couple of days ago, and I mentioned to you right before we started, I think, but about the uh, you guys swimming in Texas. Like when you find water in Texas, you go swimming. Yeah, right. I just thought that was that was funny, and yeah. like with all your kids, I was I was actually on on a kayaking and canoeing trip this at the same time, and yeah. so I pulled my phone out just to check it, and I yeah. saw that you were out and about. I was like, oh, that's so nice. Yeah, <laughs> man, it, it was. So this is Lost Maples is this really cool spot where we have these maple trees and everyone goes there in the fall because you get all the color from them. And right. I've never been there, so we went. And short story, long story short, we were going to go on like a short little hike, and my wife's like, "Let's do the whole loop." And so the second part of the loop is like straight up a hill, like a pretty long vertical climb, and then you're exposed on top of this hill for like a mile in like the middle of the Texas summer at like 98 degrees. With oh, we didn't bring enough water. I had two kids and. <laughs> like we finally got to the, to the point of the hill where you can look down into the valley and see the the place where we went swimming 
So we got real excited and we just had to hike. We had to hike all the way down. I was like, the minute we get down there, we're all jumping in the water because it was just <laughs> too brutally hot. How's the, uh, <laughs> how's the humidity? Is it dry heat where you are? No, it's humid. Yeah. It's humid. Oh, oh, oh well, you get all that too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you, uh, when you went, it was, did you have to go back up after the swim, like back up? And no, over? that was, so we had gone up and then we came down and then you swim and then you hike. It was like a, 30 minute walk to the car from there. So it was kind of oh, the end gotcha. of the hike. It was kind of perfect. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. I, um, we, I've done quite a bit of backpacking, which is actually where I got into knife making. Cause I wanted to, my, my wife and I started getting into backpacking right after college or actually during when we were in college. Yeah. Um, and I wanted a belt knife and you know, I didn't, I, I looked around for buying one and I had, I had kind of bought a, hokey one that wasn't you know super good and yeah. just started looking into buying one and i was like well maybe i'll look to see how i can make one and found a cool video online which wasn't even on youtube at the time i think it was on vimeo or something mm-hmm. and just started that way but yeah it was that that kind of love of being out and wanting wanting something but not wanting to pay for it yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know how that is that's that maker mentality yeah <laughs> like yeah. Oh, i can make that instead of buying it exactly maybe. it might take me uh twice as long and tw- yeah. it might cost twice as much but at least I made it. Yeah. <laughs> you love it. Love it twice as much. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Exactly. Until it falls apart. <laughs> You're like, ah, I should have just bought one. <laughs> or then you become obsessed and you start a, a knife channel on YouTube and try yeah. to improve. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. Well, we are kind of coming up to the end. We're at about an hour and 20 minutes. Um, we want to kind of, well, we're First, before we finish off, um, I just want to talk a little bit about what you're up to. If you want to tell us a little bit about what you're up to this week, and I'll do the same, and I'll let Devin do it, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll end the episode after that. Yeah, what are you working on? So this week, I've been focusing a lot on the airstream. Uh, we're putting insulation in today, um, and then I'll start wiring it and put the walls on next week. And I'm also got a walnut dining table with two benches. Um, that's a commission for a client. Uh, and so I've milled all the parts for that. And the turnings, there's four, 16 turnings for this Ooh. set. Of, there's six on each bench because it's a long bench. So you got middle legs. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So that's where the, there's 12 turnings on the benches. Those, I was going to turn them here, but I actually decided since I'm so busy, I've got a really, there's a really talented carver wood turner in my community down here that I sent those to him. So. Once I get those back, I'll finish that table up, and that's that's kind of where I'm at right now in the shop. Nice. When you um when you do like that many legs all the same, are you just doing it just to you know have your template and then just do it with uh, calipers to do the? He um, uses a a uh, he has a template he uses. He has a, okay. it's almost like a duplicator. Right. Yeah. If I was doing it, I would use yeah I would. The only way I know to do it, or my experience on the lathe, was to, be, to use calipers. Just set each right. point with like five or six different calipers and go through. And my lathe has a, a, a mount on the back so I can put the the actual turn piece in behind the turning piece so I can sit nice. there and get my measure. It. Yeah, exactly. So Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, that's cool. I, um, I was, I think it was uh, the Homestead Craftsman, um, if you know him or not, but he, he did a, he does a lot of reclaimed wood tables. I think he has an actual company of just building yeah. um, kitchen tables. That's cool. And uh, he, he, I think he made up, he kind of built and designed his own duplicator to do his legs because he had done them all the same way. Yep. I always yeah. wondered about that. I've, I've turned, 
I think four legs total in my life. I haven't yeah. done a lot of wood turning, but <laughs> yeah. I made a, made a bookshelf, um, out of Brazilian cherry, um, with dovetails. It was just a two, two shelves. Um, and then it was on, I think it was on like 12 inch legs. So yeah. kind of atypical for a bookshelf, but it's this little bookshelf. And I made it for my in-laws and they actually store all their records, oh, yeah. uh, on it, in it, which works perfectly for That's it. Cool, but yeah. the, it was, uh, yeah, just trying to make them all the same and going through setting all those depths. So I was, I was yeah. curious about how That's other hard, people yeah. do that when you have so many legs to do, you know, <laughs> that's cool. So, um, Devin, what are you working on? Anything? What are you, actually you do have something cool working on. Go ahead. Do I? <laughs> well, you already did something, but you can go ahead and talk about it more. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, my wife is working on a child. Oh man. That's awesome. <laughs> we're going to have a daughter in September. Oh, congrats. So I've been, um, thank you. Uh, building furniture not in the way that andy builds it but <laughs> we got some whatever uh, target brand furniture set yeah so i've yeah. been doing the putting the it all together crib and the thing yeah. and that and there's exciting, so man. many of them yeah but that's been fun and you know painting the room lavender and mm -hmm. <laughs> that's been all week and cleaning the carpet again because it's pretty gross um <laughs> So between that and editing the night video, which is finally done, so you can all go watch that. Yeah. It's yeah. a beast. You can watch Dustin fail, <laughs> and then we start over. Well, he fails, and then we do a like a minute and a half montage of yeah. him of getting you up to where we were on the first knife. Right. So it's just quick shot, 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 and then all of a sudden you're kind of back to and, back then, to where we started. and then we finish we the rest off, of yeah. the knife, all the handle finishing and stuff. So. That's cool. what I've been yeah. working on. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just back from vacation. I was mentioned a little bit that I was have been on vacation since last Friday uh, doing a canoe trip through the New River in Virginia. I was fishing every day trying to catch at least one fish for dinner and nice. got completely skunked. Uh, oh. Never caught anything. <laughs> oh, no. It's funny because it's actually the New River is famous for being really good fishing. And even while we were there, there were boats and, you know, people yeah. out fishing all the time. Nothing. Oh, <laughs> Never. I mean, got a couple bites. I had one, one uh, trout I was fishing with a kind of a, a little a, a fish jig and I let it float down the river. I saw a trout in the river and I just let it float down and he, and he sucked it right in, uh. he was like, sucked it into his mouth. And I gave him like a second, gave it like just a little tug to see if I could set the hook and then a big tug and just popped it right out of his mouth. Uh, <laughs> I was man. like, Got excited. On. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like I was so ready. I was and, and I was there with my my wife and daughter and uh, a couple that are friends of ours and their two kids and then my mom was with us and my my friend Brian and I had been fishing all week. My wife had been fishing and his wife had been fishing and we and we just all got skunked. Nothing. Uh, well, <laughs> so we just had to eat our normal food. on the water, so Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Cliff bars for dinner again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're back now. And so uh, the idea is that we're, we'll finish up, we'll put this video out. And then um, I think the next thing that we might work on is um, I have I have actually one, the little bushcraft axe that I took with me, which needs to be resharpened. Um, so I might actually do a sharpening video of a, like a, an axe yeah. sharpening video, something that we can kind of get done. Because I think that's something that a, a lot of people talk about and a lot of people request that um and in my mind i'm always like well if we're going to do an axe video it'll be like a let's restore an axe yeah. from start to finish yeah, but yeah. i think i think it would be a good an interesting video show people how yeah. i do it and i have enough scars on my body that i think it <laughs> it, it does a good job <laughs> i can get right. it pretty sharp and we, we put that a lot in the axe videos i mean you always sharpen them at the end but we don't have anything standalone and a lot of people just want to they don't want to see how the whole thing's made yeah i'm sure more people want to learn how to 
sharpen their axe than actually want to see how the whole thing's made. Right. right? Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully, and that'll hopefully just be a day shoot, yeah. one day shooting. <laughs> I'll, I'll go home and then, then we can start something, you know, a bow number two or something. Yeah. It's been 10 days. <laughs> All right. Well, we are, we're at an hour and 25 minutes. And at the end of the podcast, we'd like to, we do some recommendations. So we'll go ahead and, and if you have one, we'll let you do yours at the end. So Devin, what you got? Uh, again, I'm going to, uh, again, I guess I'm, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to do a book series that I love and it has always been in our family. Um, just because I, c- I couldn't think of a recommendation today or like any YouTube video. So I ran over the bookcase and, and the, the, that series, All Creatures Great and Small by James Harriet. Um, it's a series, uh, I guess what's in the early 1900s, like 1920s, 1930s, I think. Yeah, no, so. actually, no, it's right before World War II, so I'd say oh. 1930s, early yep. 40s, actually 30s. Yep. Because, you know, the English started fighting a little earlier than we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, just a great series about uh, an English country vet. And he goes around all these different farms and deals with vet life and farm life oh. before they had, uh, I guess they didn't even have like penicillin. How, how early was that, penicillin? I had no mm-hmm. idea. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Well, they, they, a lot of just, um, <laughs> woodworkers here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have much. It was still like bottles with mystery things in it. Oh, yeah. And like, cure all. The cure all. And he, he <laughs> continues, he's always talking about, man, he wrote them in the 60s or whatever in the 70s. If we only just had these few simple things that yeah. are out now, we didn't know exactly what it was. But it is probably the funniest series I've ever read like uh read a lot of books i don't really laugh out loud <laughs> but this is laugh out loud funny it's That's just cool. kind of a heartwarming thing too yeah. he does like seven seven books in the series through his whole life but the first one is about him getting out of vet school and then just going to join this um english practice but just if if anyone hasn't read them they are they're they're a treasure they're so good it's funny you mentioned that so this uh when we were on the canoe trip we're like thinking about I'm we're killing time because there was one day where it was it was raining quite a bit so we just stayed at our camp instead of going out on the water and at one point um I had asked everybody to we were going around we're playing you know different games and we didn't bring a lot of games and stuff so for the kids I try to keep them active we were playing like the alphabet game where you choose a category and everybody goes around the circle and says something for the category and one of the things I did at one point was asked everybody to say what their like favorite book or favorite couple books were and uh and that's the one that my mom picked. Uh, so, <laughs> so, yeah. That all, that also, yeah, we are, we, we our, grew up with them. Like, yeah. right. would read stories from them and stuff. Our we mom kids. would pull us in. Come yeah. here, come here. You got to read this one. And she'd yeah, just read this, a, yeah. a little standalone story. Yeah. We'd all be kind of dying laughing. So, uh, <laughs> fantastic book series. Gotcha. So, um, I, the, my suggestion, my recommendation, um, controversially is another <laughs> furniture maker, <laughs> uh, but, uh, <laughs> right. but he's in Japan, so we don't have to worry about it. You know, too much competition over here with Andy, but, uh, <laughs> it's, it's Ishitani furniture. Um, and he's a, a Japanese woodworker. His, he has a beautiful shop and, um, younger guy. And I think his, his wife does the filming and it's, there's no talking, just him working on his furniture and just, he has that, that mentality that I think some makers have, I think there's um, this kind of 
not necessarily two categories, but you either fall into like a maker who's going to work as fast as possible, get something done as quick as possible, right. you know, do it right. But they, you know, there's like, you like push for time. And then there's this kind of maker mindset of like, I'm going to take my time and enjoy the process. Yeah. And I, th- I think we all have some of both of that. Right. But, you try um, to get a good mix. Yeah. Like Andy right. said earlier, he had, he had one kind of mentor who, who just did it. And then one guy who wanted to make it perfect. So if yeah. you can find a spot somewhere right. yeah, yeah, in yeah. between, hopefully. Right. And so, yeah. And, and um, Ishitani just spends a, a ton of time, you know, I think just watching. And obviously I'm just going from the perspective of someone watching his YouTube channel, not really being there. So who knows exactly what he does, but um, it, just everything that he does is just, it's like taking his time and enjoying the process. Yeah. Um, I just, I love the work and the, and the video is always beautiful and they always put in these little clips of like nature and yeah, he, does, things. Just, he does a great job filming those. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. gorgeous. And then is yeah, really beautiful shop and yep. It's so clean all the time. I know. Oh, man, I noticed so that clean. when I watched his videos. I'm like, how does he do that? <laughs> he, he had a really cool video of uh, his his furnace or his, his little um, oh the wood uh, stove stove yeah. yeah and he packs these like tubes full of all the sawdust and then <laughs> makes this tube that goes in and burns that. And I was like, man, yeah. that is awesome. It's that so the cool. uh, the Japanese precision yeah. and yep. and yep. and time they take on everything and everything right. everything does become a kind of an art. It, yep. It's true. All, all the whole process. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's one of those things like the, the sharpening is also the art and the, you know, the sharpening of the tools <laughs> and the cutting. Them. Yep. I think it'd be funny if you, I mean, I'm sure they're out there, but just a Japanese worker who just does it quick. He's smoking the whole time, dirty everything. <laughs> We're like, well, this is weird. They it's don't exist. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, I don't really care. I'll just continue. Whatever. It's good enough. I'm like what? <laughs> Those country Japanese, yeah, <laughs> or, or maybe city, maybe someone in Tokyo who's just going fast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's definitely that. Just that. Uh, I guess like diligence and consistency mm-hmm. and and um, responsibility. I guess too. You know, to whatever your your art is. Yeah, I've always yeah I've always as a craftsman thought that the best part about is because often we get obsessed with the end result, but the process of creating is. Mm-hmm. where you have to really really enjoy it it's so easy to mm-hmm. get frustrated sometimes with your work frustrated with the fact that you're not doing good enough or something like that but right or even making mistakes it's all part of the process so you just have to really try to enjoy every part of it yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and i would think a nice part of maybe furniture making over something maybe like a knife or, or a bell or an axe is those tools are kind of only useful at the end and the same thing with furniture but Furniture, you get done a leg, and then you put it together in the joint, and the joint works perfect. So you have all yeah. these points. You know, it's it's like a watching football. Touchdowns <laughs> are great. We all love touchdowns, but first downs are great. Yeah, a good a good a good pass is great. Yeah, yeah. So you have all these moments down the marching down the field, furniture making. Yeah, it's so true that, that you have these little fulfilling bits. Oh, yep. that's perfect, perfect. Even though you have that with knives and axes right. and stuff, but furniture is a little little larger. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, see, I see what you're saying. Yeah, right. Yeah, that that end goal as opposed to right. Along yeah, the you way. you want to sit on it at the end, right? <laughs> but you have all these moments. Uh, this fits perfectly. That's that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I definitely agree with that too. Yeah, you cut out a mortise and tenon, it just slides in right. Ah, oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> or even even purely just the like the sharp chisel cutting through the wood. Yeah, and mm. it cuts really straight and well, and you get to a corner and it doesn't chip out. And you're like, ah, oh, yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keep you on your toes. Uh, so, uh, Andy, what, what what recommendation you got for us? So I got a book. Uh, I don't know if y'all are familiar with Michael Pekovich. 
Um, nope. He has a book called The Why and How of Woodworking. Uh, he's he has a, he's a super talented hand tool woodworker. He has a really good Instagram page, and uh, he goes into kind of his philosophy behind work and and kind of how he approaches it. And then he, it's there's like four or five projects that he goes through that he shows you how to build. There's hand cut dovetails in there, and um, a lot of a lot of joinery features. And his style of furniture uh, is just this really kind of odd, cool mix of like a modern shaker. There's some Japanese feels to it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's pretty stuff. So. I've been a big fan of his this year. I've been going through this book and I, I want to build a few things in it. It's pretty nice stuff. Yeah. You were talking earlier about just, um, the, uh, I guess, you know, each of those pieces of woodworking, everything you know, fulfilling its purpose and being, you know, we're kind of saying how that's the craftsmanship is like something that's done well to fulfill its yeah. purpose. Yeah. I think the, the, the shaker mentality, as well as like you said, kind of the Japanese mentality is mm-hmm. that kind of simple, you know, everything is doing its purpose really exactly. well and that's the craft. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, mm. yeah. That's, that's definitely my favorite as well. Like that yeah. combination of those two styles and, and as a, as a, um, you know, designer of lots of different things, a knife maker and woodworker, it's always that it's like, how can I make this simple thing as best as I can make it to look really good and, yep. f- and fulfill its purpose really well. And not a lot of, uh, at least in my opinion, like not a lot of ornamentation on top of that. Yeah. And it's like the ornamentation doesn't need to be there. It's the, right. it's the purpose driven. Right. Yeah. I'm purpose driven right. form. Keep, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's awesome. Cool. All right. Well, we're at an hour and 35 minutes and I just want to say thank <laughs> you so much. This has been awesome. Yeah. I really enjoyed um, it. It always goes by really fast, yeah. um, and, uh, and we were we were excited to reach out to some different people, and and you you kind of emailed us back right away, and you were like, yeah. "Awesome, sounds cool, let's do it." Yeah. So we we're super pumped. So honored to have you here, and yeah, big big fan of your channel. Oh, Keep thanks. it going. Yeah, and, same, uh, same here. Yeah, I look awesome. forward to right. seeing what you guys got coming. Some cool stuff. Yeah, so. yeah, you too, man. We'll be following along and, yeah. and watching uh, the airstream and, yeah. and <laughs> preparing. Remember, a lot of cameras on that on your first drive around that corner, so we can <laughs> it flies off. <laughs> get shots of it. Maybe when I get that thing done, I can make a trip y'all's way. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Heck yeah, awesome. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, again, this is the Art of Craftsmanship podcast. You can find us on the Makery Network. Um, and uh, yeah, um, we want to thank again Andy Rawls. Um, Andy, we can find you on YouTube. Um, it's just Andy Rawls right it? on YouTube, yeah. and then um, is what do you AR AR Texas, Texas Woodcraft? Woodcraft on Instagram? Yeah, gotcha on Instagram. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Check check all his stuff out. It's it's all. I mean, the YouTube videos are great, but just go on the site and, and browse through the furniture. It's uh, it's gorgeous. And uh, I think a lot. I, we didn't I didn't say it, but the huge advantage of having a YouTube channel and being able to make stuff that people can buy right away, yeah, is uh, is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. So not only are you not content. only are you getting yeah some 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 bucks from just the videos, then you have it's just a giant advertisement. Yep. Yeah, there's so many so, revenue yeah. streams that open up with that YouTube stuff. Mm-hmm. So. And I think, yeah. and people, people love that they can see exactly how you made it. Yeah. yeah. So you go on and go on and look at the furniture on the site. Then you just go to YouTube and you'll see right. every process. And then the problem with that it. is the people watching are 20 to 25 year olds. They don't have enough money to buy the furniture. So <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. Well, you know, at least, yeah, like that's one of the things I've talked to a few different people and a few different makers about is that people want to, 
want a piece of you. you yeah. Know, it's, yeah. 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 It, they could buy a table from Ikea, you know, or buy a bookshelf from wherever, but <laughs> they want a piece. They want to kind of, you know, there's not enough people who want to contribute and want a yeah. piece of yeah. the person they're talking, they're like, they're watching, you know, you want to help support and be a piece, you know, right. we're buying that, that uh, community or buying that relationship. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. And, and, um, what's, uh, George, George Nakashima. Right. Yeah. He, uh, one that that was I real, real quick last night I was reading about him and going into it and I had known about him where he would he wanted to make personal relationships with the people he made furniture for. Mm. I mean yeah. that's also a that's, that's cool. a huge. Yeah, it's nice to say when when you can be picky, picky about who right. buys your furniture yeah. when you're a huge furniture maker then you can take the time right. like I'll come to your home and then yeah we'll yeah. we'll eat share food together and I'll discuss and see what you like and then plan a piece of furniture, but. I yeah. thought that was cool that he, yeah. he wanted to have that relationship. So he knew, um, he kind of felt, felt he, invested. Some. Yeah, yeah. 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 I've, I've been fortunate to eat at a few of the tables I've made with my clients and it's, it's, it's a cool feeling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, you know, I had that a little bit of that experience in like doing a painting. I was, I had a painting in a gallery up in, um, in, uh, Maine one time. And the gallery owner actually was, she was great at selling artwork cause she would actually take the work, to her client's house. Oh, like, hey, yeah. Let's just put it up in your wall. Let's see how it looks. You know, she'd yeah. bring it over and hang it up and they'd live with <laughs> it for great. a week, you oh, know? Wow. And, then, and then the people were like, yeah, now I got to buy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It works perfect. It's like the car so, test drive. Once yeah. you've driven it around yeah. the block, you kind of want it. Oh, this is the one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Yeah. This has been a fun uh, podcast. Yeah. Um, again, this is the Art of Craftsmanship podcast. Um, Dustin and I'm here with my brother, Devin. You can hey. also find us on the Art of Craftsmanship on YouTube and the Art of Craftsmanship Instagram. So thank you guys all so much and we will talk to you next time. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.